Louise McSharry on 2FM. Now it is time for us to catch up on the news. As always, we are joined by Aoife Moore, political correspondent for the Irish Examiner. Hello, Aoife. Good morning. How did you cope without me? It was it was weird. I had to be, uh, learn to speak to a new person, and in a pandemic, you know, it's not it's not easy. <laughs> I know, right? It is actually genuinely not easy. It's going to be so weird. Like, I really am thinking a lot about how weird it's going to be when we start Backlight seeing people again. Yeah. yeah, like I only know how to talk to my immediate family, Caroline <laughs> and Autumn, who work on the show, and like you, basically. Although I suppose I am lucky because I do speak to different people on the show every week. But I don't. But we're not looking at each other. That's a different different thing. It's the notion as well, like, you know, you used to go up and hug people and we obviously don't do that anymore. Yeah. I wonder when you'll be like, you'll feel comfortable enough to like, hug people when you see them. I think that'll be a big thing. Yeah, I, I can't decide, like, I'm trying to decide, did I like hugs? Like, I can't even <laughs> remember, did I like that, that we did that? Because I have a friend who hate, like, every time yeah. you hug him, you can feel him recoiling. <laughs> like, do you know as well, I was thinking about, too, birthday cake. You know the thought of someone oh, blowing yeah. out candles on a birthday cake? Yeah, and yeah. I am like, oh, my God, why did we ever do that? <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. Like, when it's a birthday in my, when my son had his birthday in Cresh, um you know they would have had traditionally the Colin the Caterpillar cake yeah and now they do mini separate individually wrapped <laughs> Collins so that's it's, yeah I know but you know what I actually genuinely think I reckon we'll we'll all be back at it fairly quickly like, oh I think, we'll learn nothing yeah. we will learn nothing from this <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's start with where we are with COVID this week. Okay, so I actually have a wee bit of good news. So <gasps> the case what? numbers, I know, so unlike me. I actually said to Africa last week before the show went on, she was so chipper. And I was like, oh, you are not going to be chipper after you speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell us the good news. So, yeah, case numbers have dropped 9% in the last week. Woohoo! And there is no evidence yet of a rise of infections related to the Easter break. That's Which good. is great. Yeah, so it appears that people have heeded the advice, not gone to each other's houses for dinner like we usually would. So we're starting to see, you know, the cases are dropping, you know, hospitalizations are going down. Um, so that's good news. It's really good news. We did see um, Dr. Ronan Glenn, the Deputy Chief Medical Officer, I wouldn't say on the defensive because he's really not that kind of person, but he did kind of defend Neffet. You know, he basically said, you know, we're not there yet. And there was some consternation about it. But he basically said, listen, it's it's Neffet's job to be conservative. Mm. He said, you know, Neff, they're, at the end of the day, like, they're not politicians. And he basically just said, our job is to protect public health. So they are going to be conservative. Yeah. It, it kind of, the government decides what the restrictions are going to be. And they can only talk about it from a scientific yeah. and medical point of view. But basically, he said, you know, we're a few weeks away from having the population vaccinated and we really don't want to go backwards yeah and he did say that Neff had really never again want to tell the government that we need to lock down yeah so yeah. he's just kind of asking people you know hold on a wee bit longer they will get there but I think people you know like everyone knows how fed up everyone is like everyone's yeah. gone up the wall yeah so I, I think, think yeah I think um I think He's right. Like it is. And we've known that all along. Like this isn't a new conversation that Neffet, you know, it is their job at the end of the day to give the science. And the science is always going to be more conservative than, you know, someone who has to take into account the social and, you know, various other implications, business yeah. implications as the government does. But then, of course, when the government decided to uh, play a little bit fast and loose with the Neffet guideline or the Neffet recommendations at Christmas, didn't mm. go so well. Yeah, <laughs> so, let's not do that again. Yeah, you can understand why there would be a hesitance to 
move too quickly. And frankly, I never want to go back into lockdown. Like I would rather stay in lockdown for that little bit longer and then know that it's absolutely over. Um, I, don't I just know. think we'll look back on this as well and like the what we put nurses and doctors through. Yeah. Um, I always think about hospitalizations and like how jarring it must be. You know, the health service was on its knees before COVID. Mm. You know, the trolley numbers, the nurses strike. There's been like chronic issues in the health service and then we just landed this pandemic on them and they just got on with it. And I just feel it would be really unfair. Let's I always think about it when like obviously there's a lot of curtain twitching going on and stuff, but when you hear people breaking the rules and you would quite like to break the rules too, I always just think about, you know, nurses and doctor it's just so unfair yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um and and there's been i mean honestly i'd be happy if i never had to say the word astrazeneca again <laughs> however i do because there's been more um situations shall we say mm. with that vaccine yeah so you obviously the news the last couple of weeks is there had been some issues and some concerns about blood clotting and we have our first irish case um so it came to light on thursday a woman she is 40 and she works in health services that's all we know about her but she was being treated in the Matter Hospital um, for uh, thrombosis. So basically the blood clot in the brain that they had been worried about and they said it was possibly linked to the AstraZeneca jab. Mm. The woman, thank God, is in recovery and she is expected to be discharged um, in the next couple of days. But she had been in the stroke ward for a week. Mm. And, you know, obviously this is something they have to take really, really seriously. Um, and, you know, the health the public health board are taking it really seriously and they basically just said they had it was a case of special interest and they were treating it with the utmost priority mm. you know there's been a lot of meetings around AstraZeneca and basically they just keep saying that the pros or the benefits the cons, yeah. yeah like outweigh the risk but it is something they're going to have to keep a really close eye on people are already quite cautious about you know vaccines and stuff like that and mm. it's just something that they would have to treat with an abundance of caution even if it is just one person that's one person too much I would venture yeah yeah absolutely like as I said at the start of the show like people are afraid you know and that's understandable and so it doesn't help then if you have even one case where something goes awry Um, and Mm -hmm. Australia I gather are pivoting slightly in their vaccine strategy yeah like I think if you I suppose if they can do this it's probably just easier for them so basically what they're saying is they're just not going to buy any AstraZeneca Mm -hmm. um just to avoid Basically, because they have, they have the option to do it, they're just going to avoid it. So what they've done is they've bought they've bought an extra twenty million Pfizer vaccines. Pfizer is the vaccine that they've been giving out a lot oh, in the north. It's just an extra twenty million. Like we, yeah, we only need a quarter of that. <laughs> I know we're like one between Come two. On. And, <laughs> so Scott Morrison basically just said that they were going to do with Pfizer. So Pfizer is the vaccine they've been giving out quite quickly up in the north. I know that's the vaccine my mommy and daddy got, mm. um, and it just means that you know they had. They had heard about the possible links with AstraZeneca and even though it's this tiny number, they just thought, well... Why take the risk? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, it's an abundance of caution kind of thing. So they've just decided to go with Pfizer instead. Mm. Um, Curses. I think we've lost Aoife there and we'll try and get her back now. And uh, in the meantime, I will tell you that we have just heard some sad... Oh, hi. Oh, she's back. Hello. (laughs) I'll tell you that at the end. Um, I didn't, I didn't yeah, know where sorry. you went there. That's okay. Um, yeah, so, it just went off. No worries. You're back and that's the main thing. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that's the story. Um, if we had, sure, if we could buy any any vaccines we wanted, we wouldn't have any issues at all, would we? Um, yeah, exactly. I would take anything at this stage. I know. As I 
have said on TV in my bum. Like, no problem. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about Facebook because there was a big breach of security at Facebook this week. Yes, well, it was actually a few years ago. So this oh. data was originally taken. Yeah, it was originally taken in 2019. Um, hackers manipulated a feature on Facebook and it exposed the information of around five, I want to get this right, 533 million users. So um, it's been floating around in the ether of the internet for a while, but basically it got put back in a much more reachable place this week. And the Journal of IE actually did really good work on this, but they found that a third, more than a third of TDs in the doll um, have had their personal data um, basically hacked, you know, full names, phone numbers, sometimes their um, marital status, people they're related to, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. has has been you know there's members of cabinet stuff like that so they actually said that they one of the tds that was interviewed said oh i actually saw that news story but i just didn't ever consider that it might have happened happened to me yeah um but yeah so the 533 million there is like i think thousands. we are just not having any luck here I I feel like she's going to come back, but we're going to try and call her on her phone in the meantime. Um, anyway, what I was saying earlier when she went the last time was that we've just heard that Shay Healy has died, um, songwriter and broadcaster. He has died at the age of 78. He presented the late night talk show Nighthawks on RTE. Um, he was an incredible songwriter. His song What's Another Year, sung by Johnny Logan, won the Eurovision Song Contest in 1980. And I know he was someone who lots of Irish people have held really fondly. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 2004 but continued writing uh, working and performing um, and he and his wife Dimfna had two sons um, and Dimfna passed in 2017 so uh, thinking of his sons and Dimfna's sons today I'm sure it's very difficult but I have no doubt that there will be an absolute outpouring of love for Shay um, now Eva. Yes I'm here <laughs> Okay you were just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you go, Efa, for a second. Oh no, you're, you're back. This line is uh, killing us. So let's um, quickly talk about what's been going on in Northern it's Ireland drastic. this week. Yeah. So I've actually been thinking about what's the easiest and best way to distill this information um, to people. So basically, I would first of all say that the peace process is a process. Mm. Um, it's not something that we can just talk about and leave. Um, you know, it's an ongoing issue, and what we've seen this week. I believe it has been a neglect of the Good Friday Agreement and this is kind of where we have ended up. So the Brexit has caused a lot of issues for Northern Ireland, not only with trades and customs and stuff like this, but also in cases, you know, of people's identity. There are Mm. people in Northern Ireland who consider themselves British and they feel that, you know, this notion of a border down the Irish Sea really damages their identity and it worries them naturally because they think if there's a border on the Irish Sea that means they're going to take away the land border as well eventually and you know there's been a lot of chat of United Ireland and Irish unity and that's really concerning to them mm. so that mixed with uh, lockdown and you know everything that comes with that loss of jobs livelihoods and then we also had issues um, with we have issues with policing so Basically, what happened this week was the Bobby Story funeral um, that was attended by member of the members of the Sinn Féin leadership. There was a PSNI investigation into that, and they found that no one would be charged. This caused huge ruckus uh, within the unionist and loyalist community because they believe that they are placed differently. Um, they believe that you know their Catholic neighbours and friends um, in different areas are placed differently, and they feel like. 
uh, the PSNI has let them down. So this is kind of like a melting pot of all the issues and it just started this week. And we've seen, you know, really horrendous violence. You know, PSNI officers have been injured. Children have been injured. We saw, you know, the first night, the ages of the people involved. They were incredibly young, 14, 15, 16. Too young to remember the troubles, but now getting themselves criminal records that will follow them their entire lives because Mm -hmm. of, you know, some silly mistake that they've made. So there's been a lot of appeal for CAM. You know, the assembly was recalled and everyone had condemned the violence. But I think, you know, and what we saw in the last few days was really mammoth work done by community groups and community centres and football clubs. And I think when stuff like this happens, like I'm from Derry and we have our own issues with, you know, violence in the summer and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very similar for all the fighting we do in the north. The two communities are incredibly similar and our the violence kind of appears in similar ways. Mm. And, you know, it's community groups on the ground that really do the work and the outreach to these young people because it is, it's all this mixture of like lack of opportunity yeah. and inherited trauma and all these issues. So they've reopened the community centres um, because cases are pretty low in the north anyway. And um, they just felt that it was the best thing to do. And we've seen... You know, last night it wasn't as bad, um, they reckon, because Perf Prince Philip died and they said that they would call a halt date. There were some flare-ups in Belfast and some in Coleraine and there is concern it'll get worse over the weekend. But you would hope now that, especially because they've had, there's kind of been a night off, that this is the end of it. Mm. But I really believe that there needs to be leadership from all sides, London, Dublin, Belfast to kind of put an end to this because these are young people and it's their lives that are at stake and their futures and just no one wants to see a return to what we usually see in the summers. Well Aoife I think you did a brilliant job of explaining that and thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Now to finish (laughs) Prince Philip as you mentioned there has died. Yes Prince Philip died. I think you know we had heard um, that he had been quite ill. Um, We'd seen different pictures of him leaving hospital and stuff like this but yeah he died yesterday. He, the Queen, I think they said it was quite unusual that the statement she released, you know, she said it was quite emotional for the Queen. She said, like, with their deepest sorrow, she was announcing the death of um, her husband and her companion. And yeah, it's incredibly sad. And I actually, because there's been wall to wall coverage, they're not having a state funeral. And I assumed it was because of COVID, but actually, Prince Philip said he didn't want a state funeral. Um, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen videos of him and they asked him, how would you like to be remembered? And he was quite like, oh, I don't really care. I'll be long gone and it's not really <laughs> anything to do with me. He seemed quite, um, yeah, it didn't really seem to bother him very much. I was There's been so much nice coverage. I actually saw a really lovely story about him when he met Seamus Heaney at a dinner in Dublin. And Seamus Heaney thought Prince Philip was just like the funniest person he'd ever met. He was apparently... Uh, a real character and stuff so yeah I think all eyes will obviously now be on Harry and Meghan to see whether they come back from yeah. America but that'll be the next thing it'll be more tabloid fodder I would imagine definitely definitely and as a character he definitely put his foot in it lots of times and there would be some people yes. who would have felt very hurt by various problematic things that Prince Philip did yeah, and course. said over the years but uh, I suppose he was 99 Um and that is a good innings for anyone. Uh, Aoife, thank you yeah. so much for explaining no everything worries. so brilliantly for us this morning. Hopefully technology will be on our side next week. That's Aoife Moore from the Irish Examiner. Yeah, thank you thank very you. much. Louise McSherry on 2FM.